Oh my goodness, we've got guests. You know what that means. It's another Masterclass episode on Studio Class. I like the rock and roll music and I like to dance and dance and dance. Right, Sharon, Ryan, welcome. Thank you so much for doing this episode of Studio Class with me. You guys are my very first masterclass, so I am just doubly excited to have you here. Well, double for two reasons, because it's the two of you, and also, <laughs> so we're going big for, for the very first masterclass. So thank you so much for being here. I wanted to give you a moment to introduce yourselves, tell, tell our Studio Class listeners a little bit about you, and kind of and then we'll go from there. You go first. You go first. Go first. All right. Hi, I'm Ryan McPherson. Um, I sang for about 20 years. Um, got my start at uh, Opera Theater St. Louis. And went to uh, Aspen uh, Festival as well. Went to the uh, Marilla program. Did the Watt Tour, which is the Western Opera Theater Tour. Santa Fe. And um, yeah. Santa Fe Opera, Young, um, young Artist Program, and then just kind of kept singing from there. Um, then got, found her. You want to introduce yourself? Because you? you're awesome. Uh, hi, I'm Sharon Apostolou. Um, <laughs> I was telling you, I was like, you should say where you went to school. Oh, I went to yeah. Yale. Went to, yeah, I went to the University of Missouri, Columbia. Um, but, you know, good liberal arts degree and um, uh, went to Yale for my master's and an artist diploma. Amazing. So yeah, I'm Sharon Apostolou. I, uh, I got my Bachelor of Finance from Carnegie Mellon University and got a Master's from Manhattan School of Music. Uh, God, my yap trail. I went to, I was a young artist in Central City and then I spent two incredible years in Portland. Still like our second family, it's where we met. Um, and then was, uh, spent time at Caramore, Tanglewood, and Glimmerglass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Soprano, still singing. Tenor, recovering. Yeah, recovering. <laughs> and, as, well, and as many of you may probably know, we are expecting our first child. So we have a, we have a little COVID. Yay, congratulations. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, and also, and so now it's like not, not only double the fun, but triple the fun. And when the little one arrives, we can say you were part of Maybe this it's too. <laughs> Make sure yeah. that he, you know, understands math. Yeah, you know, STEAM, STEAM education right. for this one. <laughs> it's important. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Well, and then also, so just currently, right, Sharon, you're an artist in residence this year with Charlottesville Opera? Yes. 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 So we live in Charlottesville, Virginia now. Yes. Um, I'm originally from, I grew up in New Jersey. He grew up in Missouri. Um, we started living all over as all of us do, and mm -hmm. then lived in Brooklyn for a long time. Lived in Wilmington, Delaware for three, three. years. Yeah. Well, yeah. I transitioned from full time performing into administration. administration, and then we yeah. moved down here just over a year ago. Yeah. Um, I spent five summers singing with the Charlottesville Opera. It was like yeah. very, very fortunate. We fell in love with this with the city, and then he got the job here. Yeah, I, I do uh, director of development for the right. Charlottesville Symphony. Yeah, exactly. So you've got a whole Charlottesville like arts and culture, I don't know, cabal going on here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. And then, so when the pandemic hit and everything was sort of kind of, nobody knew what was going on. The, the board knew I lived here, and of course, and 
it's not a big city by any stretch of the imagination. And so they they offered me this position of being artist in residence and sort of being uh, a little more involved with everything going on. They were they were hiring a general a new general director and they just um, it's been an honor. It's been tons of fun yeah. and Great. done a couple I've, little sing singing things concerts and, and stuff. Yeah. Ripped yep. him from retirement. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, well, this is what happens. We're in a quarantine pod together. You cannot let those tenor skills go to waste at this moment. That's right. <laughs> and Ryan, can you tell me a little bit more, because you're the director of development now, but can you tell me a little bit more about that side of your life too? I think that's actually, Wilmington was the time period in which we first met each other because you were coming down to sing with Baltimore Concert Opera yes. uh, once in a while. And and so then we cross we cross paths in Charm City, and then so tell me a little bit more, Ryan, about your about kind of both your singing side, but then your artistic side or your artistic admin side of things. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks. Um, I, I uh, so I sang as I said for quite a few years. I did um, everything. My my sort of cut my teeth at New York City Opera when they were doing mm-hmm. the and uh, so I was part of that whole process until uh, there was a big changeover in in administration around 2009. 2008 uh, after the first sort of uh, recession and um but i you know sang all over the world um the bastille and dublin and uh, nice france stuff like that so had a great career was loving it but i also was not enjoying it as much as i probably should and mm-hmm. i i thought that the the music deserved a little more honor than i was willing to give it at that time so and i was just getting tired of the lifestyle because mm-hmm. anybody that has uh listening has traveled you know yeah over and over and over again. I was on the road about 300 days a year. Um, a we were like ships passing in the night. We mm-hmm. actually had a couple of times that where one of us landed in New York City and one of us was leaving from New York City and- Different airports and, sometimes. Yeah, there was a time where, I don't know who was leaving or yeah. uh, going, but we one of us waited longer in the airport to have coffee. So we had coffee at the airport while the other person took off. Yeah. But, through that was a lot of uh, missing a lot of opportunities, missing a lot of family things, missing each other. Um, you know, as, as we, you know, so we're starting a family that would not have been possible because yeah. it takes two to be in the same place at the same time to make that happen. And <laughs> it's hard when you're on the road 300 days a year, you got to have at least a couple days, you know, there. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's science. We believe in science. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, so there was a lot of that going on and I, I became just worn down in, of the of the lifestyle. So yeah. I was looking for different ways to transition out and pivot out into administration or something else. And I was very, very pleased that uh, uh, Brendan Cook gave me the opportunity to become the, um, the, the development associate there and kind of started cutting my teeth on fundraising on uh, what, a, what a CRM is and creating, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, like, what's the development plan, Google's development right? plan. <laughs> it, it's, it's, sometimes it's just baptism by fire, yeah. and uh, sometimes that's the best way to learn. And it was a perfectly wonderful-sized company for me to learn all of those lessons. And uh, when this opportunity came up to, to move down here, as Sharon said, we, we love it here in Charlottesville. It's yeah. I got to know the city through her adventures down here. And mm-hmm. so I was visiting, you know, on weekends or maybe a, a long week at a time um, when I was still singing or, you know, like right before and um, got a chance to come down here and see the, see the area and just fell in love with it. And so when the opportunity came up, I, I applied, talked to my, my now current boss and, uh, and it, it worked. And um, yeah. we're still 
uh, chugging along, we've, we've shut down all of our performances because, as I said, we're part of UVA. Um, mm -hmm. 60 of our musicians are students. Yeah. So, um, so with that, though, is a, a lower threshold of, of money that we need to earn and that, that we need to keep running. So we're able to keep our activities and our, we, we pay our 13 of our musicians, principal musicians, we pay 60% of their salaries. Yeah. That's also with UVA. So right. it gets oh, a little complicated. I love that. I love that. Yeah. The way that, that works out. Yeah. It, it's a nice um, blend of professionals, students, and community members. And we're yeah. one of the only ones in the League of American Orchestras that is, has the same setup. I think there's one other yeah. somewhere. Yeah, definitely. It's a cool they're great. Team. They're, they, they, great team, they're great, great people, team. Um, right. great board. We have, I think we have the best board in Charlottesville. I will <laughs> Board is <laughs> You're like, I can't, I can't confirm that. No. <laughs> well, not that are on both. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it, oh. it's great. It was the right move for me yeah. at the right time. Um, it has changed um, my energy, my, my, my yeah. happiness is, yeah. and I'm sure you can attest to that. It's just, I'm a different person than I was because, I, you know, you, as a singer, yeah. You have to constantly be hustling. You have to mm -hmm. always be self-promoting. You're only as good, at least in your mind, as your last job or, yeah. or the, the most recent, the next contract that you have. Mm -hmm. There's that flat earth mentality of I have jobs, have jobs, and then there's nothing. Yeah. And there's a precipice that leads to, you know, doom and self-doubt right. and all the other stuff that goes with it. And Can I pause you for just a second to say that, like, it's very telling to me that the a director of development is like, you know, when you're a singer, you just have to be hustling all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, that tells you like right there, if you're the director of development, it's like, yeah, you know, like, this is like, I'm, I'm feeling so, you know, oh, great this way. Like, <laughs> I'm serious though. I mean, it, I, I, I sometimes feel that being a singer is like being a real estate agent. Because, right. Totally. You know, I've seen totally. people that have transitioned to real estate and I'm like, what are you doing? That's just as hard. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and I, you're going to get to one of my, like one of my hot takes real quick, which is like singing is a little bit like an MLM where it's like, I see people choose and choose like as they're making their singing lives work, you know, they'll, they'll choose to work in an MLM. And I'm like, if you're willing to hustle that hard, like just do it over here. Like it's fine. <laughs> like, but that is all to say, I really love what you were saying about, there's a couple of things that I pulled out of that, which is knowing that, knowing what the lifestyle is like, and then being aware of the fact that that's what you're choosing at the moment. And then when that's not the right lifestyle for you, making the choice to, to change, right? And that we're so adaptable, musicians in general are so adaptable going into all sorts of fields, right? And you knew the administrative side from being a part of all of these organizations across like all over these years and, and being able to say like, well, I know that I can figure this out, right? There's so much of everything is figure outable in, yeah. in that and being able to say, I, you know, I can do this and I know what the needs are of this organization because I've been a part of this field for so long. It makes it a very easy case, like, a, you know, a needs case to be like, of course, like, of course you want to support this. Like, let me tell you all the ways that you can be involved with this organization. <laughs> so. and, and seeing companies that have done it poorly yeah. as well and knowing yeah. what has worked, at least also in a way that a company has respected the artist in, in yeah. development or in uh, fundraising situations where, I mean, the artists are 
a company's bread and butter. I mean, you, mm -hmm. you need your artists with your donors. They need that connection. They need to have buy-in um, because the donors love that. And that's yeah. the way that you're going to create a relationship where when you have, um, you know, one of your favorite donors sitting in, you know, in their seat, they can sit to the person next to them and go, so that is Sharon Apostolou mm -hmm. and to me at the brunch. And she's just been, did you know they're having a baby? You know, it's like, it's this <laughs> that, that really brings people closer. And then, then half of the work is already done. And it's, everybody wins from that situation. The, the donor feels fulfilled. The singer gets a new fan. Mm -hmm. the, the, the company gets more uh, revenue, um, uh, contributed revenue from, from donations. It's, it's win, 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 win. And, uh, and everybody's happy in that sense. So, Agreed. yeah. yeah. Well, we just like jumped into, you know, talking about all sorts of things, but I usually start this kind of this side of my interviews that I haven't done on the podcast yet, but have done in other ways where I always start with what's your intention. And so I would be really interested to hear. So Sharon, if you want to go first with what's, what's your music making intention at the moment, or kind of what are you holding as your intention for this point in time? Oh man, that is such a great question. Um, Man, it's, especially today. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, we have to say this now on the podcast is that we literally just found out that, you know, Joe Biden is the president-elect for the no. United States. No. And so we have been kind of celebrating that together here in this moment. And it's just, it's anybody that's been experiencing this, you know that it's been a very tense week. So here we are <laughs> you know, just talking about music and the time of, of an, of an election and COVID right. and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's completely crazy. Um, my attention for right now, that's, yeah, it's, I'm a little like, I have to apologize. Like from, I'm just so scattered. Like it's, no, it, you don't have to apologize for that. <laughs> um, but I think I'm so hopeful. Mm -hmm. I was hopeful before. I think we as artists, and I say like artists across genres like musicians and actors and all artists right anybody that like creates something out of love mm -hmm. um the pandemic has been terrible it's been terrible across the world right like for every single human being but like we have been so uniquely um Put upon, put upon by it. Yeah. yeah. It, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, affected by it. We've been so uniquely affected by it since so many of us are like, like years of our years of income vanish overnight. Right. Or, you know, and it's, we have to adapt to creating art in a completely different way mm -hmm. because we can't actually be in the same room with mm -hmm. other people. And with right. a, a missing component of the, of the audience, yeah, which is a huge part of that, right. that art. Those of us that do live that create live art, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we're missing one of the colors in our, our palette. Yeah. 100%. And I think so amazing is watching everybody sort of come together and help each other. Mm -hmm. Um, like, especially so many of us are like, I, what mic do I, I don't know. Like what, <laughs> where do I record? What am I doing? Like, yeah. And everybody just coming together, helping each other. It's like, or even friends of ours that are like, how do I file for unemployment in the state of New York? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, how do I, what did, has anybody successfully like been able to do anything in the state of Texas? Like mm -hmm. people just coming together, helping each other and it's, and companies thinking outside the box. Right. Those of us. And I think I'm so hopeful because we are so much 
we're so much better together. We're so much stronger together. We learn from each other. We're inspired by each other, like in our art and then just in life. And I think this, I mean, like not to get political, but whatever, like today, (laughs) sort of like the cherry on top of that, like coming together, like we can, we're going to get, we're going to be able to move through this and past this. And like, what have we learned? Like taking, there's so much we can take away from it and, good things that we've all learned so we don't have to like go back to normal but like, we can move forward into a new place yeah um and so it's it's exciting and um i think we're all going to be stronger on the other side of it um and yeah yeah i love that and staying <laughs> close staying close to that hope is is incredibly important i think that's an an intention that we can all take right now, particularly because so many of us in the arts have been negatively impacted in a way that we never dreamed possible, you know, that we were not all planning for in 2020, right? And so an intention to stay, to, to stay aware and stay close to hope is, is huge. So I, that's beautiful, Sharon. Yeah. Ryan, did you want to share one? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's tough because with everything has changed so quickly, uh, you know, it, it, as she was saying, you know, some, some of our friends and colleagues have had a year's worth, a year and a half, if not more of their income gone in one month and, and have the rug completely pulled out from underneath them. I think my intention is, is, is one of them, of, of, of many, I would suppose, is, um, is observing how nimble people are being and how the, the 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 hard flex that some people are doing some really interesting changes and being aware of that and some of the of, of these things that I think are going to continue after we get past the new normal we get back to something where we're having live performances again and seeing how how we what sort of techno technological um, accomplishments and changes that we've adapted to. What are, what are those? What are, what's going to continue yeah. mm-hmm. um, within within that? You know, so will will these um, digital virtual concerts continue for some of our patrons who may not who may be homebound? Right. You know, um, are we going to be moving into uh, virtual reality or augmented reality right. situations? Um, which I I think I think be great. Yeah. I want to do that. I want to you know put put VR goggles on my little old donor and have her sit in the middle of the orchestra during a rehearsal or something. Oh, you know, we're amazing. Not quite yeah. Yet. Mm-hmm. Um, water.org does, does something very similar to that. They, you can, uh, they take the, some of their big donors, they'll take a VR helmet and put it, and you can see them, their donors will walk through the Serengeti yeah. to um, a, I'm getting goosebumps, to yeah, a, that's a, incredible. a middle of nowhere. And so they can see where their money is going. Um, yeah. Um, part of my, you know, intention and hope too is, is to like tear down um, a lot of, preconceptions about art as well. I, that's one of the things I've loved about doing. I did a lot of uh, new works and, mm-hmm. and modern opera and stuff like that. And part of the reason I liked doing that was because it, it it's kind of a middle finger to the people that think that opera and, and music and art is boring. Right. Uh, and, I, and I really enjoy uh, surprising people. That's one of the things that I, uh, I carry with me is, is being able to try to tear down some of those misconceptions or or that try it you might like it or how yeah. do you know, oh so you say you don't like it yeah uh, have you ever had it you know <laughs> it's, it's like you don't like broccoli but have you eaten it before you know, it's, it, it's the sort of thing that 
especially when you start getting uh, people into the environment, like sitting at home and listening to Philip Glass is much different than when you don't realize he's the background of almost every movie score, you know, that, that you would know or, or commercials. And you're like, Oh right. my gosh. Cause I mean, we probably know yeah. having done it or having, you know, listened to his pieces before how he makes such great soundscapes. Mm -hmm. uh, but mm -hmm. I don't know very many people that would go home and I mean, I, I do know, but you know, they're, they're, you know, just put it on, on purpose. Yeah. Um, or, there's uh, some of the other, you know, very weird, interesting music that's out there that really challenges you is something that I, I try to champion. I try to keep, uh, uh, I think it's interesting. We were lucky enough to work with um, Urban Arias and uh, the camera. I love Urban Arias, yeah. And they did these short, like nine short uh, virtual operas, all done by different companies, all by different composers. We learned ours in a week. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the composer put, uh, the, the, the librettist, uh, John de los Santos, I don't know how long it took him to write it, but he wrote it fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, the piece was written in a couple of weeks. I mean, it was, it was amazing. And it's a beautiful little jewel box of a piece yeah. that, um, we hope it'll be done again. I mean, it, it certainly is worthy, but you know, things like that, that can prove to people that new music is still worthwhile. And if, Mozart or Beethoven were alive, they would still be doing cutting edge, interesting things. Mm -hmm. You know, it, mm -hmm. it was all new once. It was all new once. Exactly. Well, we, we definitely have that in common since it's kind of like, you know, the area of music that I spend a lot of time in. And I just really love what you were mentioning about the fact that it, so much of it is also audience development and making sure that they feel welcomed into whatever it is, whether or not it's traditional early music or new music that you're saying, there's so much for you to connect with here. Let's find what it is that you're interested in. And then also I can tell you something that's probably going to vibe with that. So like, let's, you know, and, and not necessarily like, I think that that's just critical to what we do, which is welcoming people into things that are made for them and speak to their experience, speak to their life experience, speak to the human experience. So I love that so much, <laughs> but I'm going to kind of pivot to to a little bit more of like some hard skills or like kind of technical skills that we talk about and i really would love to know if you can tell me about a technical skill that you love to teach right so what is something that you do hard skill you know in your day-to-day -day life that you love to teach other people i'll start, I'll start. Yeah, so, yeah. um the thing that i love to teach other people um and i don't I, i'm going to consider it a hard skill because i think it's incredibly important is in, uh interpretation Yes. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. So I, I am one of those opera singers that came through theater. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like I didn't grow up playing the violin. I grew up doing musical theater and dancing and mm -hmm. doing a lot of straight plays. And um, the reason I went to Carnegie Mellon is because we they did musical theater. We'd had three years of acting, we had four years of dance. Like it was something I wanted to continue to um, expand that yeah. part of my life. And I do, I still do a lot of musical theater. I do a lot of new music and a lot. I, I tend to often live in that Venn diagram between opera and musical theater that like strip in the middle where you're like, I don't know what it is. Yep. But I love that spot. But I, like it. <laughs> yeah. um, I love because I think it took a really long time when I finally was like, I'm going to be an opera singer to really take ownership of my 
my interpretation, like my unique spin on things the way I felt, because I felt like I had to do everything right. Like there was a right way of doing something, a right interpretation of something, and the wrong interpretation of something, which is bogus. Like it's, it's right. all completely bogus. And so right. it's, I don't necessarily need to agree with your interpretation of it, but I want, I love to help pe- give people the skills to make those kind of choices Great. so that it's clear what they're saying. Yeah. Um, it's like one of my favorite things to talk about. It's sort of like, okay, this sentence, like, what are you feeling? Yeah. Like there, something as simple as like, it's raining outside. Mm-hmm. It can be euphoric if you've been in a drought or it could be devastating if you're a bride on your wedding day. And there's, right. and like we who interpret other people's music are given clues like by the, by the music, if it's where it is in the voice, like there are other aspects of it. Yeah. But we at least have a choice. And I think I remember when I first saw other people making those choices mm-hmm. on stage and I was like, oh, that's amazing. And it can right. change from performance to performance. To lights performance. you up, right? You're like, oh, you can do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I just felt like I was given permission and I love to show people that they have permission, tell people they have permission, and then start to give them the tools to make those kind of choices. Yeah. And then see, see where they can go. Love it. Sharon, yeah. if, if somebody's listening at home right now and they're, you know, they're stuck, like they're kind of doing it all by themselves because it's quarantine time. Like, can you give them, what would be one of those tools that you would tell them, like, start with this, like take, take your aria, take your art song, whatever it is that you're kind of looking at at the moment. Here's this tool that I want you to apply to like kind of get into interpretation a little bit more. Yeah. So I, I love, I mean, so coming from a theater background, so if you're, if you're doing a work, like an aria, something that is, there is something before it and after it, I love to see what's happening right before it. And I also think it's incredibly important what happens right after it because mm-hmm. there. Not just the vacuum. It's not just a vacuum. Yeah. Like it, it, you can't, it, it, it has to be linear in some way. Um, yeah, it's like one of the thing, one of the pieces I've worked on with a lot of singers is I could have danced all night because I've, I've played Eliza Doolittle. Yeah. It's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite things in musical theater. It's one of my favorite songs, like kind of ever. And I think what's so important about it is that stretch before, is that moment before, because it's this huge stretch of like the montage of them trying to teach her with the marbles and the cake and the whole thing. And then it goes into the rain in Spain. And then she does not say a word from the end of that song. There's an entire scene that goes on where she literally like there aren't, she does not speak Mm -hmm. until that top of that song. And like, I think that is an incredibly important thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Take the words out of her mouth. It's like she's rendered silent. And the fact that, that it takes Mrs. Pierce being like, you have to go to bed. And she, it's no. And it's sort of like, and I, I also, I mean, I've sung a lot of Baroque music too. And it's so, they're so similar. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea of singing the same thing three times to get a different effect. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, where does she end up? Where, where do you end up? Where are you going? Mm-hmm. And being able to sort of plot those differences, like this, like, Round one, we're doing this. Round two, we're doing this. Who am I and what do I want? Which sounds like such a cliche, but it's so important. It's so, so, so important. important. What, by saying these words, what am I trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. What, like, am I trying to convince somebody else of something? Am I trying to convince myself of something? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the moment, it's, 
one of these moments. So I, I'm gonna get on a mild tangent. When I was in grad school, I had the incredible fortune of working with Kathleen Maltitano. It was before she started on faculty at Manhattan. Yeah. She took, I, I can't remember how many of us there were. It was like the Malfatano project and I think there were eight or nine of us that she took. And we like spent weekends in her apartment. Amazing. What? It was incredible. And I like fangirled out. It was what is wild. Your life? It was wild. What is your life? <laughs> There's like, you know, her Emmy on the, for the, she did on her piano. And you're like, what, what is happening? And I remember her working on Mimi's first aria with one of the other sopranos that were there. Mm-hmm. And she taught, and I'll, I'll never forget it because she went through every like drop of symbolism that's in there that Puccini knew, that Mimi would have known about. And then she's speaking Rodolfo's language because he's the poet. So he, like everything that she's saying and how that all has meaning. And I will, I, it like blew my mind. I think about it all this, like whenever I hear it, like I can't listen to that audio without like just nearly weeping because she very quietly telling him so much by saying very little. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I, I like to look at, you know, the before and after. What I like with art song or like standalone pieces mm-hmm. is you get a lot more freedom. Mm-hmm. You get a lot more freedom. So it's the, you know, it's still poetry. Mm-hmm. But there can still be an intention. Like, who am I saying this to and for what reason? Mm-hmm. How do I want people to be changed at the end of it? Yeah. You can be saying it to yourself. How do I want myself to be changed at the end of it? What am I trying to accomplish by saying these words? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, and I think the, the, and making the discovery, right? What, what am I discovering as I'm saying this to myself? Yeah. Particularly if you've got the list, right? And you're like, I'm saying it this time. I'm saying it again did I have a discovery? Is somebody else having a discovery? You know, like, how is that changing? How's that changing us? And how is that changing the world in which we're living? Like in, in this moment together. And yes. yeah, you, Sharon, you and I could go on about interpretation, you know, just for like days, <laughs> days. <laughs> totally. So Ryan, did you have, do you have a technique that, or like a technical skill that you'd like, that you love to teach? I would preface this with the fact that I'm a tenor. <laughs> I and, can't wait to see where this goes. <laughs> I, I have a feeling that's where this is starting. Um, and I have been singing since I was three years old. So I've always, for some reason, been pushed that direction and encouraged that direction. I always had excellent teachers and cheerleaders and people behind me supporting me. I think that's something that's important that we all need to do is to support to, to support the talent when it needs to be and can be. Um, I am a firm believer, and, I, and I, I shouldn't say believer. I will never forget when one of my teachers told me that God only gives you so many high notes, don't waste them in the practice room. <laughs> and, and I know a lot of, um, and, and, I, and it comes with insecurity with some people. It comes with the fact that, you know, work equals a result, and that by pounding your voice into submission like a piece of metal is going to suddenly make a high note appear. I'm more of a holistic approach to that of, of you have to find out what fits for your voice. Mm-hmm. I was not a, a cons- I did not have a consistent high C. I, I could, and I did. And I, every once in a while I had a D flat, you know, when needed, but I hated it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I didn't want to live up there. I mean, you, you didn't like singing super high stuff. No. I mean, you no. can. Yeah. Um, and so I think there's also a point where, as 
I've heard Sharon tell students as well is that you, you find, need to find out what you like to what you like and you need to do it well. Mm-hmm. Um, don't try to put yourself into it just because uh, Pavarotti made so much money and he has an album called King of the High Seas <laughs> or whatever it is doesn't need mean that you need to always have the high seat. Larry Brownlee's doing fine. Right. You know, <laughs> Brian Eno is great and they can have all of those highs. I don't want them. You know, I never <laughs> But you can also like make a great career, you know, with uh, uh, with, you know, B flats and mm-hmm. B naturals and or finding that that middle ground of of where you need to sing. I know a lot of sing- singers that have very limited range, but make up for it in in their 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 heart and their acting. And you would never know you would never you until you actually thought about it. You, went, you looked through their repertoire. You go, huh. That person only has like a, a, you know, an octave and a half. Who knew? Right. <laughs> or they only have to do an octave and a half on stage. Like, they're just like you know, they I, might I, have it and they're like, yeah, nah. <laughs> um, yeah, so there, I, I, I have a, a, a firm belief of, of not overdoing it, you know, and in, in the practice room, I think that, you know, but I mean, everybody needs to do their own practice. I'm not telling, yeah. this is not an excuse not to practice whoever you think you are. You have to I feel practice. like you're looking at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's one of the reasons that I did not uh, transition into teaching because I, I never considered myself a great student. Mm. Um, and that's also one of the reasons that I transitioned out because um, I was not giving the music its due. And I could see myself a, a slippery slope ahead to where I wasn't practicing enough, where I wasn't, you know, I wasn't uh, at uh, continuing to learn on my own and knowing the fact that I wasn't going to, and I didn't, I, I wasn't willing to put that effort into meant for me, it was time to stop because mm-hmm. we've seen a few singers out there who should have stopped a while back. And instead they, they're just, you know, you know, writing on their own uh, history, you know, right. the, you know their own reputation and, you know, um, where some people be like, oh, they should, they should really stop. <laughs> You know, and, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to get there. I mean, that, I, I, I saw that that could have been me 20 years from now. Um, and so I just stopped that. Um, it's, again, it goes back to being hungry and being um, that, that hustle that we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. uh, that you, you do need that. You need to have that killer instinct and, and the, uh, the, the desire to work that hard, mm-hmm. knowing that it will pay off. I mean, somebody told me a long time ago as well, that being a singer, and I do believe this is true, is kind of like being a comic in New York. You mm. stand in line for a long time, and you stand in line, and you stand in line. Eventually, you're going to get your opportunity. You darn well better be ready mm-hmm. when that time comes. We can talk about probably an hour on uh, people getting their chance to you know, uh, be an understudy, and when that chance comes along, it can make them into a star, or yep. it can burn them for the rest of their career. Yep, right. um, but the other word that somebody said is that if you, if you step out of that line, you got to go to the back of the line if you want to get back in, right. and I, I think that it's that uh, it's that 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 constant work. There, it's it's the hustle of, yeah. of wanting to stay in there. So, I mean, I kind of transitioned from practicing to to whatever, but I, I was not a big warmer upper. Um, no, it's the most it most enduring thing in the world. <laughs> I'm ready, and I'm like, I'm You're just like, surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that different bodies are, are, are different, you know, and okay. I think that if you, as long as you know where, oh, that actually, that could bring me up to something else is that I do think that, let's say it's performance day. I'm a believer of don't completely change your 
your your style mm-hmm. because you like don't don't like all of a sudden I'm going to drink all this hot water all of a sudden <laughs> I'm not eat breakfast all of a sudden I'm going to not have that cheeseburger because I cheese is bad for my voice mm-hmm. if you're just singing and you had a cheeseburger and then you went to the practice room every other day why do you need to change it because your body's going to go you know when you start change and this is not science guys I, I I'm not a doctor. Um, but I believe that, that the, your body starts going, what the hell's wrong? He's drinking a lot of water right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, why didn't he eat breakfast? Oh, oh my gosh. Well, I better start reacting. And then your body starts doing different things. And then you also not singing in a way that you're used to. So then you get on stage and you're like, why does my voice feel the same? Well, yep. you know, well, you're you, doing something different, right? Yeah, you you, you, you changed your instrument. <laughs> so I don't know. Well, you I mean, said something that I wanted to pick up on it in there, which I would love for both of you to kind of talk about, which I kind of think of this as, as identifying your lane, right? If people are like, stay in your lane, right? <laughs> that, that when you, if you know, maybe we don't always know right away that, you know, I, I can be a tenor that's not popping out high C's as the bread and butter of my game, but that kind of talking to that, that moment where you're like, how do you, how do you know this is the thing? What can I hang my hat on as a person? Like what, what was a feeling? What was something that you heard? Like, did you, like, I think that it's so important. And I hear this from a lot of singers. I hear this from a lot of clients where they're, they're so used to fitting into molds that they have a really hard time identifying what their thing is when it comes time for them to show it off or when it comes time for them to, to know this is the thing that I need to bring to the front, right? You want to start? Yeah, I'll start. So um, he touched on this briefly, and it was something that Ryan McKinney said when my, I think it was my mm-hmm. first summer at Glitter Glass. Yeah. The advice he gave to uh, the young artists were find out what you love to do and then get really, really good at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like so simple, right? But right. It, but he said it, and I was like, oh, damn. Because I think we're, we're all fed a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel very strongly about this that we all, especially like going, especially like the yap route where you're like, you have to have one of each aria and it has to represent all these different styles and blah, blah, blah. Like you have to, you have to show that you're proficient mm-hmm. in all the things that we're supposed to be proficient in. Like you have to be able to sing in a couple of languages. You have to be, you know what I mean? Like yep. show that you can, you have a, a grasp of different styles, mm-hmm. but there's so much repertoire out there. There's so many, like, we don't all have to have the same 10 arias in our binder. Right. There's right. so much out there. Um, and it takes, it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of um, self-assuredness mm-hmm. to be like, this is what I do this is what I love to do. And this is what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that I, that people do a hell of a lot better than I do vocally. And I'm like, that is incredible. I, I will continue to work towards it. Like, it's not an excuse to like not work on something. Of course. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like not an excuse to be like, well, they, like, I just don't do that. Like, right, no. right. <laughs> like it trying to improve certain aspects will improve everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there are just certain things that like, I know I do well and I love doing. So it's like, I, as I said earlier, I love doing musical theater. I love doing like that old school, 
like real legit musical theater. I love singing new music. I live in that in-between world. I've, I've done a lot of pieces like that, that live in that, mm-hmm. that in-between, like one might call it operetta now. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of, I love singing early music because my voice likes to run. Mm-hmm. So a lot of bel canto music because my voice likes to run. Yeah. Like it likes to run fast. Yeah. <laughs> I love singing music like that. Yes. So something I struggle with is singing like beautiful, long lyric lines. It's mm-hmm. something that I've always struggled with. Like I, I self-identify as a soubrette because it's just, it's my personality. It's, those are my skills. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, that's just everything that falls into that box is like what, just what my skill set is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I will sometimes listen to my friends sing something like Dupuis Le Jour. And I'm just like, <laughs> It is incredible. Like I want to be able to do that. And I work on it and I work on it and I work on it. But I know that's, it's. Well, there's the teachers or people that have said, why? Why? Yeah. (laughs) The the greatest conversation with my manager ever was I, I (laughs) said, I prepared like all, I was like, I'm working on all this rep and I sang for her and she was just like, I mean like, yeah, but why? But why? (laughs) Yeah. That's, it was just, she was like, you're so good at all of these things. Yeah. Right, right. And you love doing all of these things. Yeah. Well, and it's so clear watching you on, on stage, Sharon, you know, is, is watching you light up when you're doing those things that you love. You do so much of it so, like, so incredibly well. I mean, it's, it's just nuts. But, like, at the same time, when you're doing those things that, that you yeah. love, it, it, it just, like, spills out all over. It's, like, it's just exactly who you are. And so I think... That's part of it too, is just like, what's that, what's that feeling? Can you feel it when you're doing the thing that you love? Can you feel that it's lighting you up? Can you feel that it's like spilling out of you and you're like, oh, I gotta do this. 100%. And that's what the audience wants. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. The audition panel wants. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, oh, she doesn't sing Pamina. Why not? It's sort of like, no, like that is like. And if they do, you don't want to work for it. Right. Right. It's like. But it's like hearing someone do an incredible, I don't know, una voce poco fa that is like, you know, fireworks and champagne. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you see them connecting to it. You see them like loving what they're doing and they're confident in it and they're making decisions. And you're like, yes, that, more of that. Yeah. I can work with that. Mm -hmm. Like being excited about what you're doing and like having that love behind it translates completely like you oh yeah we can tell as audience yeah. members like oh yeah audition panel like right. you know when yeah. the person on stage is having a good time right and it's just like a big neon sign right and like yeah. you said, directors audition panels people the, your audience your listeners they're just like drawn to that <laughs> like they're like i'm i have to be where that is i'm going to that <laughs> you're not what they're looking for and i think that's uh-huh. so important like you can have the best audition of your life and if you're not what they need you're not going to get the job. And uh-huh. it's sort of, like, that's all we can do is just present yeah. ourselves in the best possible way. Like this is who I am and this is what I do. And if you want to buy what I'm peddling, mm-hmm. here it is. Yeah. And like that, I mean, I know that's been feedback I've, I've gotten at auditions, but we love her. It's just, she's not right for what we, how we envision X, Y, and Z. Can't wait to hear her again for whatever, or I'll get, or I'll get a call a year later or six months later and be for like, something that for something that is yeah. perfect. Right, right. Well, and I think that's what it is when you're like remarkable or undeniable because you brought the thing that is you right. the most and then they remember you or a, a listener right. remembers you, a panelist remembers you and they're like, 
even, you know, maybe we, we, maybe we pick something for that next time around, which I always say, like, take that, you know, take that. If you're going to audition, it doesn't, and you know that maybe you're not totally the right fit and you can make space for it in your life, given whatever your resources are, right. are at the time, time, financial, like that kind of thing. If you can make space for it in your life, go ahead and do that, but make sure that you're bringing exactly like your thing to it right. because the, I want them to remember you and yeah. be like, oh, if I'm booking for something else, I need to find out where that person is. Like, no, no, call her, call him, right? Call, call them, right? Like, just make sure that like you, you're going to bring the thing that you want them to remember, remember right. for. Yeah, exactly. And not something artificial. Right? Yeah. And so it's like, yeah. you go in there being like, I'm trying to fit into this mold. Mm -hmm. I'm just for like X role. And so I'm going to be this thing. It, even if it, even if you like make the sounds really well, if your heart's not in it, if it's not who you are, they're just going to, they may not realize what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm it won't be right. Some of the most employed singers that we know are just themselves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the other night. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, if, if you want a Kevin Burdett, you, you get a Kevin Burdett. Yes. Yeah. You, you know, it's like you, you, if you, if you want a Patrick Arfizi, you hire Patrick That's Arfizi, right. you know, it's, right. it's sort right. of thing that, um, I would say one of the, as a, a advice sort of thing is sing as, singers need to sing as much rep as they can yep. mm -hmm. to figure it out. Yeah. Cause I think, and as I think you mentioned that as well, that, that you'll find that slot that mm -hmm. feels good. Like I came through the, uh, my undergraduate program as the larger voice in my school. Mm -hmm. And so I was always given the, the Puccini and the, the things that were probably a bit too big for me or my teacher at the time was living a little vicariously through me, giving me some bigger roles, which my ego lapped it up. It was of great. Of course, right? But I mean, don't we all? <laughs> but it wasn't until after I got out of undergraduate and uh, started singing um, in uh, some of the young artist programs that I had an opportunity to actually wrap my, my teeth around a little bit of Mozart for me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, crap. Where has this been my whole life? Right. And, and it started, I, I, I remember uh, telling somebody, it felt like a, an Armani suit made out of spandex. Mm -hmm. It just good. It felt Feels good. Right. I felt hot in it. It was awesome. It was the right thing. And I mean, yeah, I still put on the Puccini costume every once in a while. Yeah. But at the same time, it was that I really found my sort of, well, at least for me, where I like to operate from yeah. mm -hmm. was in that, that, the heart of that, uh, that Mozart stuff for me. And, um, and I made a, a, a nice living off of it. It was, it was fun and I didn't hurt myself. That's something that we, we've joked about on our walks or when we talk about life is, you know, where would, where would I be, you know, would, would people be pushing me towards bigger rep because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll be 47 at the end of the year, yeah. you know, would people be suggesting you know, you should do this or do that. And would I, would I have the, the, the foresight not to, you know, mm -hmm. or, or would it be the right time or would it be something I'd want to stretch for? I don't know. You know, that's, that's that again, that's unknown, but it's uh, I think that as, and that was, I guess probably also why I enjoyed the, the new music as well, mm -hmm. because there's, there's no precedent for what right. is it's coming jump out. Ball. Right. So you can make it yours you can, uh, there's no album to listen to, to compare it to. Mm -hmm. There's also no album for the audience to listen right. to. <laughs> right. You make it your own. And, um, and it's, it was a really nice way for me to find my own voice 
and the way I sing, because you, next time you listen to, uh, uh, I would say young singer now, but, um, uh, sing an entire, uh, Boheme, for example, you can pretty sure tell which album, which recording. Oh yeah. Right. (laughs) And, um, especially because there's certain mistakes that are um, in every album mm-hmm. and um, you can definitely go, Oh, well that person listened to the 1978 recording of, you know, Franey and Pavarotti, whatever it was. Right. And um, because I did it, you know, I listened right. to those and I, and I, right. but, and it was, it took years of untraining with good coaches and good voice teachers to say, you know, you're singing a wrong note there. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Oh, or it's like, that's not the rhythm. That's actually not the rhythm. That's yeah. <laughs> Like, oh <laughs> yeah and also that's not your voice right like just if you're okay. if you're bringing that and then your teacher's like okay. you know that you're singing somebody else's voice here right like right. And, and like what what does your voice do with this right and what are you bringing to this and and that's just so so important and I think one of the things that I really love about you pointing that out is making sure that you've got the right squad around you right yeah. and just knowing who your people are and the fact that you can trust them with your instrument that you can trust them with your questions that yes. you can say, uh, is, is this me? So when you were saying like, is this the thing that I want to stretch for right now? Right. If you are working with a, a teacher or a coach that m- wants to live vicariously through that, do you know if that's the case or not? Right. Do I know that they, that they're on my side, they're, they're working with my voice and not necessarily something else. You know, are we all on the same team? We've yeah. used the phrase of our personal board, board, of directors. board of directors. Oh my gosh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's important to have more than one member of that yes. of that squad yes. of that board of directors because you can have that one person that you know you think is the best teacher or best coach in the world, and then you need those other uh, advice givers or the people yeah. that yeah. listen to you that have a good ear to say, "You sure about that?" Mm-hmm. You know, just just to bring you back down or to just help, help, help check you a little yeah. bit. Um, and, and if they're happy, you know, and you trust them mm-hmm. and then usually you're on the right track because, yeah. you know, we, yes, we pay them, but we don't pay them to be our friends. Right. Yeah. You know, right. Um, a lot of times they do become amazing friends. Of course. But, yeah. But the ones that are, are worth it are the ones that are honest with you yeah. and um, aren't just taking your money to, you know, help a boat payment or something. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, and I love the board of directors exactly for that reason, because of the fact that board of dir- directors suggests that they also have like an investment in, in the success and health of, like, of your, of your life, right. Of your, of your professional life. And that's just so, so important that you're finding the people that kind of, that are making that, that mutual investment. Like you're, that, you're in it together. Your management. Absolutely. Like should should yeah. And your, voice, well, your coaches and yes. You know, people you've worked with in certain other singers, other singers. Yeah. 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 Spouses. Spouses. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was <laughs> That look <laughs> for the podcast listeners. I'm just going to be like, <laughs> That's the moment where Sharon gave an amazingly devastating look. <laughs> well, can I ask you this? This is, maybe a little bit of a, you know, offshoot from that, um, which is on the blog and on the podcast, I talk about micro actions and micro actions are just these little things where micro action is not write a grant, right? That's a huge thing, right? Micro action is, is, you know, write the intro to the narrative or something like that, right? Something that I know that I can complete in a day that's just helping me get things done, right? 
and I'm so curious if you have a micro action to share. Actually, Sharon has done this for, for the Sybaritic Singer before because I featured her in a 29 Days to Diva, you know, a couple, like, yeah, last year, something like that time is a flat circle. But like, so, but this, this idea is, can you tell us about a micro action that is meaningful to your life, to your career? And just, and that's the idea is just, it might seem super small, but that's the, the whole point is I do this consistently. And it's this little thing that just is meaningful to me. So good. Um, it's, it, it's sort of an interesting thing because this is the first thing that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, this may actually come out as strange, but I love listening to um, other people's performances. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, especially now that we're all in COVID and we're all just like, posting stuff online constantly. Um, I love seeing what other people are doing, other people are working on it. In a way it's like, you know, keeping in touch with my worthy rivals, like seeing what other people are up to, seeing how other people are doing things. Like, what can I learn from this? How can I incorporate some of what you're doing? Um, but it, it ins I am so inspired by what other people do. Mm -hmm what other people are putting out there, what other people are sharing and creating. Um, because art is alive. Mm -hmm. And so like, like, you know, sitting around playing on Facebook, like, yes, and seeing like pictures of dogs and food and alcohol and yeah. whatever, but like people posting videos or like little snippets, like one minute snippets of something like a digital recital I did or the songs I recorded or, you know, it, and just hearing what other people are doing, seeing what other people are doing. And I'm just like, yeah, like that's amazing. Or I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Or I don't know that piece. What is this piece? Or, you know, it's, and it keeps, uh, it keeps me interested and activated. Like, mm -hmm. especially as we're all like, especially during COVID when we're all home, we can't, we can't be inspired by live performance because there aren't any, we can't go to the symphony. We can't go to the opera. We can't like, I, that's one of the things we loved about living in, um, we loved about, we love about living in Charlottesville, but we also loved about living when we lived in Wilmington, going to Philly, going to Baltimore, going, especially we when in, we lived in, in New Brooklyn. York. Yeah. Like we yeah. went to stuff every time. week and we went to, we yeah. would even drive back up when we were in Wilmington, back up to the city, see a show to, to, to New York and then back down in the back same down. day. Same thing with Baltimore seeing our friends shows. And yeah. So, yeah. Like being constantly inspired by what's being created around us. Mm -hmm. um, it makes me miss it. Just it talking about oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's like when I see people posting stuff online or on like on anything on social media, um, I love it. I, I love ingesting it. Yeah. So it's like these tiny things. And it also makes me feel like I'm connected to our community in a way yeah. when we're all separated is, is being able to um, taste whether people yeah. are, are creating. On a very, uh, very similar, actually, because we haven't talked about this no, uh, yeah. at all, but a very similar track for me is seeing what companies are doing and mm -hmm. seeing, um, but for me, you know, because I'm now on the other side, other side of the desk, so to speak, um, everybody is scrambling. Like, no, this is unprecedented. You know, okay. you know, how do you raise money when you have no product? You know, how do you, mm -hmm. how, how do you, uh, still stay connected with your donors when you can't meet in person, how do you know? So there, there are all of these, there's some really amazing ideas out there. And, and that's one of these sort of the micro things that I would say is, is finding something new every day. Like you were saying, like yeah. a worthy rival, somebody, somebody that's out there that's, that's maybe um, 
a touch ahead of like, why didn't I think of that? Or, mm-hmm. or I could do that here and yeah. no one would know the difference because they don't live in Memphis or they yeah. don't live in, you know, wherever. Right. And uh, to bring an idea that someone else has used, repackage it for yourself. Yeah. You know, if, if uh, acknowledgement is due, then give the acknowledgement. But, but yeah. if, if not use it, change it for your own and make it your own and, and, yeah. and, play it forward because you're going to inspire someone else to do the same thing. Exactly. Exactly. We're all kind of in, in relation to each other and like, yep. and being inspired by the creativity that everybody's bringing to their specific roles in our ecosystem. We're all connected. Mm-hmm. So taking an idea and then adapting it to something is, is its own form of creativity. You were inspired over here and then you're like, Oh, and all of the parameters that I work with help me shape it into this thing that it's going to be, as I do it. So I love those and just love that the idea is every day I'm going to be aware of what's going on around me and my, in my larger artistic community, because it does so much for me. It inspires me. It makes me think of things differently, but also like Sharon said, it's connecting you to your community, right? So you're staying, you're keeping those bonds strong because you being aware of what people are doing is part of that, right? Is saying like, oh, I saw that you did that thing with, with the drive-in, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. And then you're like, yeah. and then you're like, that is so rad. And then it creates that bond for, for you between that, between other, and I just think those are such a beautiful microcosm of what you can do every single day mm-hmm. to, to continue doing those larger ideas that we want, building communities, staying aware, being inspired, being creative, right? When you talk about it, that, that level, right? we kind of go like, okay, yeah, but how? And mm-hmm. I think that's what micro actions are kind of designed to do, which is like, oh, the micro action is I watch something every day or I go look at this. I stay aware of what other companies are doing every week, right? Something like that because it leads to those larger those larger ideas. So thank you both so much for sharing that. That's, I think those are just such important concepts for us. So that brings me to a question because of that curiosity that I deeply believe in the power of curiosity, as I'm sure you can tell so far, like that, that I just really enjoy the idea of asking and answering and sharing knowledge. And that as we kind of end the masterclass in studio class, we kind of talk about two things. We have the, what do you wish that people would ask you? And then what are, what are you deeply, deeply curious about at the moment? So you can choose to answer that in whatever order. It's what am I deeply curious about? And what do I wish people would ask me? So have at that as you will. (laughs) Age before pregnancy. Oh, nice try. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I would think maybe something is that, you know, I do wish that people would have the opportunity to ask me or or would ask about, um, you know, what what was life like on the road? What was was life, what is life being a, a... two singer family, uh, you know, um, because, and that is something that I've thought that not going into education and not, or not having a a small studio or something like that is, is part of a knowledge that I'm not giving away Mm -hmm. that I'm not transferring. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's something I would say that would be a, you know, 
you could, one could ask me that, you know, yeah. as I don't want them to ask me to, I mean, that sounds like, yeah. <laughs> ask me about my life. Yeah. That's the point of this. It's a podcast. I'm interviewing you. Fine. Entire point. Fine. I have a real problem bringing the guitar. To the <laughs> what was the other one? What, what are you one? deeply curious about at the moment? Can I answer yours first before I go back? To okay. Well, so uh, something I wish people, and I actually I volunteer this all the time, is um, everybody's career looks really different. Yeah. Um. And it's all okay. Yeah. And so it's, it's something I wish people would ask me about um, is I have a parallel career. I yeah. have a, I used to call it a side hustle. One might call it a day job. I have, I have another job that I do on top of, with my singing yeah. that I love. And a lot of people teach mm-hmm. have full, mm-hmm. very full studios, but still sing yeah. or they work at universities. And I think, the vast majority of us have other streams of income. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a long time, I don't want to say I was ashamed of it. It's not the right word, but it wasn't something I always talked about because it right. wasn't like public knowledge necessarily. It wasn't always public knowledge because yeah. I think we all sort of like have side hustles that we do, like especially right. between the gigs, like yeah. bills to pay. Yeah. But I, I love what I do as well. What, what is your, what is I, your... I, <laughs> so I work for, a, I work for a company and I work for a man named Simon Sinek. So he's a, yeah. he's an author and a thought leader, a speaker. Um, I started answering his fan mail. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Cause one of my best friends also works for the company. Um, and we're an entirely remote team. So in yeah. 2017, they were expanding, they were expanding the, the company and needed more people and, make your own hours. And I was like, I'm hundred percent on board. We had just moved to Wilmington. When we lived in New York, I always worked for my, my parents had their own company. Yeah. So in between gigs, it was easy. I just like went back to the family business. Mm-hmm. Super, super simple. Then we moved and I was like, Oh God. <laughs> and so this fell in my lap and it was awesome. And I loved it. I loved the company. I loved everything we were working on, everything we stand for. We do a lot of leadership. We sort of train the leaders of tomorrow and believe yes. that anybody is, can be a leader. And it talks a lot about purpose and living a life with fulfillment and purpose. And it's, it's something that I have brought to my own music making. I share it whenever I go anywhere. I talk about a lot of the stuff we teach, but I, God, about a year and a half ago, I came on full time. We still make our own hours because we're all remote. Yeah. Um, which gets tricky when you're on the road doing a full-time gig, but they know I, that's what I do. And I mm-hmm. are all very supportive of it. Uh, and I consider it no different than like having a university teaching job. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Definitely. and there are so few people that have a life like Joyce Donato. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I think many of us go into this being like, I'm going to, I'm going to have a life like, you know, Sandra Rodinowski. And like, well, I hope I, yes. Good luck with that. Yes, Good luck. I would love that. Yeah. I, but. Yes. <laughs> like 98% of us don't. Right. And right. it doesn't make you any less of a artist. Doesn't make you any less of a singer. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, it keeps them sane. It keeps them a better singer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, and, well, and so many of us that are experiencing, particularly this pandemic, that was one of the things that I, that when I transitioned from my teaching jobs into the, the marketing communications clients right. that I work for currently, I was like, Oh, I would not be living. Like I would not be making any sort of income right now if I was still doing it that this way 
that I was doing before. This is the only thing that's, and so diversified income is, is definitely, is definitely a big talking point on uh, like on this side of things. Cause it's, I realized years ago when looking at, you know, the conservatory that I had gone to and, and I realized they brought on this like big name onto the staff. And I was like, they're not only joining this because they have like a burning love to teach. Like, I was like, these are people that are consistently working at XYZ houses that you're just like, oh, hold on. That's going to give me a clue as to what it's like living in this life. Right. I don't have to feel bad about right. having lots of, lots of skills that I get paid for. Right. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and do that because I'm just going to work it out so that they're, like you said, with working with Simon Sinek, that's, that's, you've worked it out in your life so that you can do the thing that you love with singing. And you also have a job that you like, that you love in another area of your life with different skills. And you're like, yeah, this is how we, this is how we make it happen. Right. And it's so creative. Exactly. Exactly. But I do, I I, I write, oh, I do a lot of writing. I work and so, and I, um, I, now I work with like in their live events team. So, but I connect with our clients all the time, but it's, it's, it's no different. Like me being on the phone with a client for 45 minutes, talking about what's going on in their lives. It's the same kind of connection I get from being with an audience. Or with me with a donor. Yeah. Right. Right. And you're you're bringing all these skills that you, that you bring as a musician or that you came up with, you've gathered them over this course of time to make you this, like, just I, I think it's our superpowers as, as musicians, honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> one of the things I think it's kind of neat to see too, and it's a great lesson to learn as a younger singer, is if you've seen all the turmoil and the changes of positions and administration of opera companies right now, mm-hmm. you can never burn a bridge. Yes, burn a bridge, yeah. Think about, <laughs> think about all of the singers that are now taking over companies. Mm-hmm. Think about, the, you know, the, it's, it's less that they're business owners running opera companies. You know, it's, it's more mm-hmm. people that have had a career, people that are being affected by, uh, by COVID or by the, the previous recession in, in 2008, 2009, that would, uh, that transitioned out and started, you know, running companies. And, you know, it's, it's something that we have a very, their way up. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And we've got a, we have a very, very small little opera family out there, little music okay. family. And, everybody knows everybody and you know it's we love especially when i think it was a little bit more after i had exited the 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 career and uh we weren't so competitive looking at you know like we're going to climb that ladder but is we've always been at least we have celebrating our friends successes yeah yeah and um as a tenor, it's different because there's, you know, very few tenors. So <laughs> eat them. I know. Yeah. So it's like, you go, man. Yeah. Sorry, I couldn't do it. <laughs> it's a little different for sopranos and sabrettes. So. Right, right? <laughs> You're like, it takes me a little bit of time to come to that place. But yes, yes, exactly. it's there. <laughs> but, you know, it's important too because we do have a small family. And I've seen over the years um the 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 sort of the, the shrinking middle class yeah. has been represented also in the arts yes. you know we we have the haves and we have the have nots and it's not nothing you know they work hard to have yeah. the have yeah. uh, yeah. but there used to be a, a a very large group of performers that could make a very good living regionally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very good living you know and um and i was among that that sort of group of people and it was it was wonderful while it lasted, but 2008 really hit things hard, 
and everything shifted and it's still shifting. And, and yeah. the COVID has made it even worse. Yeah. You're going to have, I'm, you talk about what, you know, what are you um, curious about? You know, like uh, yeah. what, what, uh, that's something that I'm very curious about that I'm, I'm, I, I'm really want to know what the future holds. That's something yeah. I, I, I fo I'm focused on and, and how, what, what our landscape is going to look like in all the arts, but I mean, it's net, we're hungry for it. So right. things are getting created that are going to be really cool yeah. and are already cool. But they're like, when we actually get a chance to sit next to people and feel that common energy of being in a building together or, or at a performance together and have that feedback coming back and forth from the stage to the audience, what, what's that landscape going to look like? What, um, who's going to be left? Who's, who's going to decide to get back into the fray? Yep. Um, who can, yeah. um, who like, you know, I transitioned out and I was like, why the heck didn't I do this sooner? I love, <laughs> I love not yeah. singing. Yeah. I, love, I love choosing when I want to sing. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm lucky I can do that. I'm very fortunate in that sense, but, um, it was one of the best choices for me, but I'm, I'm very curious where, um, Who's going to, who's going to be the outliers? Who's going to be strong to have some of those first jobs coming back? And are we all going to celebrate them? You know, are we all going to be, um, celebrating our own existence as we, as we kind of rise through this, uh, COVID stuff? And, yeah. um, you know, it, we're all hungry for it. It's, so, it's, oh, truly. Uh, it's, it's needed. Yeah. It's, it's part of our fabric. Right. Yeah. Well, Ryan, I wanted to ask you about this because you brought this up about kind of your relationship together, two singers yeah. in the same house, which God bless you. And yeah. like, <laughs> um, and I was curious because of that idea of talk, I, this comes up time and again about kind of competitiveness in relationships and this idea of when you, when you were coming together as a couple, was that something that you talked about early on? We're always, you know, in support of each other. We're on the same team. Have you have you had that experience where together you're both cheering for other people or you're cheering for yourselves? I want I would love for you to kind of tell me a little bit more about that. Whatever you want to share without being, you know, too prying. Yeah. Right, so we have an eight year age difference. Yeah. Which I think has made it infinitely easier. Yeah. yeah, I believe that. Um so we're arguably Go for it. Different generations of singers. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the Young Artist Program when we met. Yeah, right. He came, saying, he came in we, doing a turn, turn of the screw, the least romantic opera in the entire canon. So sexy, so sexy. <laughs> he came in to sing the pedophilic ghost, and I was covering the cleverness. <laughs> and you were just like, oh goodness, like <laughs> I swoon. <laughs> um, but so there. I, I, let me pop Go. Up. Yeah. I, my career had already been established mm -hmm. um, by the time we met. So there was, there was no, Oh, he's getting the job and I'm not, or mm -hmm. she's getting the job and I'm not. Um, there were, I will say one of the harder things for a while was um, Ryan's wife. Yes. Mm. You know, that, yeah. you know, because I was the one that was no, known, if you will, right. but, you know, yeah. that had sang at New York City Opera, had sung, you know, somewhere else, and especially coming back to some of those companies as well. Right. If she may have had the role, you know, it's it's just like it's in that weird way of like having an older sibling going exactly. to the same school. Mm -hmm. um, that I was the first one recognized, and she was 
the other, you know, but part well, of and the- that feeling of like being connected, like you, you work so hard to like establish your own space your own in identity. this artistic world yeah. and your identity. And then right. you're in, in that course of time. And then you're like, Oh, now I am like only seen as yeah. connected to this person or right. that kind right. of like in relation to something. Yeah. I totally understand that. Yeah. So the, the thing that was fun for me was when she started working at companies that I had never worked with mm-hmm. and I could just kind of fade back into the shadows and not be, you know, I could be share, Sharon's boyfriend or Sharon's yeah. husband. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and like, oh yeah, he sings a little bit, you know, it's like, <laughs> and it, it's so fun down in Charlottesville. <laughs> right. Right. So, yes. Because they only know her. They only know me because he's never actually sung down here. So right. All aware. We both, we both sung together there. So everybody yeah. knew him as yeah. a singer. Yeah. And I was so, singing at the you know Christmas party right. or whatever. Yeah. We, you know. He sang the other day here, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, Sharon Tussman, he sings." Mm. And Isn't I was that like, nice? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it was all over the world. Like, Hold on, your hat. <laughs> yeah, oh, you know, that was that was. I, I have to admit that was really fun. Yeah. You know, yeah. to, to have some of these people that were like, "Oh, he he sings," and to, <laughs> and, and then to you know to what I think you know give a nice performance and really you know move some people in in, in ways that they yeah. have not uh, you know been able to experience live music in the past six months mm-hmm. you know we were able to do that for a few people live right. um, in an outdoor event yeah. and um and they loved it and yeah. um it's but yeah the, so that was i would say that's one of the things that was kind of i could see how it would be harder of, of the same generation coming through or mm-hmm. coming straight out of a conservatory together mm-hmm. would be very difficult and I, I think a lot of times you'll see one career may eclipse the other right which um, happens often i think yeah yeah and you just have i mean i think that a couple would have to have a, and we've had these conversations but you know a, a real conversation of how do you what level do you want me to come to this uh party with you yeah right yep. you know who, is this your party or my party or mm. you know are these our friends is this a is you know am i i love playing husband i will mm-hmm. Be, I will carry the coat and carry the purse and just say, I'll, I'll be over there. And, you know, she can do her schmoozing and do, you know, whatever she needs to do at the moment. And mm-hmm. if, if I get pulled in, great. But, you know, I think part of it is letting your partner shine when it's their turn and mm-hmm. when needed or to build them up when needed as well. Um, and also be there for them to fall back on you or to lean on you if, when, when needed, when, when you get a crappy review or, you, or a, you know, you get sick in a performance or whatever you know that being there and having having a partner that understands the business i think we i feel that way you know with you yeah um she understood my need to transition out of it mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because of what we've been through the emotional to- uh, toll that it takes on our relationship on personal your right. per- your, your your relationship with yourself yeah. um and and your family members and stuff like that so some people might not might not get that if we didn't have a spouse that was in the arts. Right, right. Yeah, and I think it's something that I, I try to be really honest about because mm-hmm. like we met, I was just leaving, I was just leaving a YAP. The economy was still a disaster. Yeah. And just like trying to get management, like trying like trying to transverse that divide of mm-hmm. from like YAP life into starting roles yeah. as a professional. Yeah. And I know, and I'm very, I try to be as honest with everybody about this as possible, is that companies knowing me as his girlfriend Mm -hmm. worked in my favor very Mm -hmm. early in my career. Mm -hmm. It may not have gotten me a job, 
but it may have at least separated me from the 6,000 other girls that sang the same repertoire. Like a social clout sort of thing. Or, or just yeah. a name recognition. Sometimes yeah. it's just as simple as like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. As simple as that, but it's like, yeah. I still earned all the work yeah. I got. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. But it, I people made... don't like me that much, so. <laughs> no, I <laughs> like goodness. But I mean, it's something as, something as simple as that. And yeah. it's like, yeah. we didn't actually start getting hired together until we were engaged. Yeah. Yeah. Which was like four years into our relationship. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I know like. That's I a whole nother story, by just, the way. Yeah. You know, we'll do like, a round two of this. <laughs> it's one thing. We to have s- very different work ethics and, and work, work situations. And, and imagine not only that, but li- living in a hotel room oh God, together like a for a month. Oh my God. That's yeah. a much different together. experience than it is living in a small apartment in New York city. Right. Yes. Yes. You know, with one car, you know, it's like, yeah. it's, there's many things that are compounded in those situations. You right. get to learn a lot about each other. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Lots so of communication, there's, lots of communication. Right. But there's, I mean, there's so much good that comes from a singer, like being in a relationship with a singer. Like if one of us is ill on a gig, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. comes to visit, they, uh, there's a level of understanding of yeah. like, I'm not going to talk today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to go, or be like, I'm going to CVS and I'm going to get you all the things all you lay the Musinex and Zyrtec and a neti pot and yeah. <laughs> lay in bed and steam and not, you know what I mean? I'm going to make the phone calls for you, like, you know. Yeah. And you don't have to explain it. You know, it's which, well, a great example. We were in, I won't say what city, but we were in a city and there was a really bad mold problem in, mm-hmm. in, in the hotel room and uh, very bad yeah. and enough where, I was coughing and couldn't, I was wheezing and had yeah. a performance next, we were doing the show together. together. And um, I was just in hysterics because yeah. I didn't know, was I going to have to cancel? Was it going to be okay? Um, what I didn't know what was happening. She picked up the phone, made a call. We got a new hotel room. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my confidant, my, my, yeah. my I was best like, friend I got it. You, so I took care of me. I was like, yep. you, do what you need to do, I'm going to take care of this whole situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, in being honest, early in my career, it was, it took a lot of effort for my ego to not get, to not maybe be resentful of his career because yeah. literally like work would fall out of the sky. Yeah. Right, right. Well, and it's seemingly so, right? It, just right. in a different place. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. that's what that looks like at that point of your career. Exactly. Right. And well, also, you know, we're different voice parts, we're different, you know, all of this stuff. Of and you're like, we're going to have these very different experiences. Yeah. But I think that's so, it's asking you, you had to ask yourself those questions, Sharon. You had to, you had, you bumped into it no matter what, just by being in your partnership by saying like, how do I feel about this? I've, I'm yeah. sure I have feelings. Like I gotta, I gotta be responsible to this. Yeah. And like, do I want to deal with this on a daily basis? Right, like, right. The life I'm signing up for. And it's yeah. like, not for everybody. Yeah. And it's like, you, know, you, you get in a relationship with like a lawyer or like a muggle of any sort. It's not <laughs> something you have to really worry about. Right. Yeah. But like literally, I'd oh, be you like, have other things to worry about. You have other things to worry about. Right? <laughs> Explanations: Why are you spending so much money on lessons? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't you learned by don't now? Don't you know how to sing by now? <laughs> don't you know how to sing by now? Not at all, actually. <laughs> yeah, and it's like like you know, back in the day when we would do like twenty auditions in an audition season. Yeah. And like, if I got one job, I'd be like, I have triumphed. And he would have done two auditions. Two auditions and, and, got and has and right, he's, right. He's half of the work. And I'm like, <laughs> and you're like, it's fine, it's fine, it's exactly. fine. <laughs> right. yeah, right. We did have conversations about yeah. that though. Yeah, you know, we were like, very frank, and 
you know, like I, this is I reacted this way because of this. Right. Yep. Like, yep. Having this complete open conversation about that and just being as like really honest as humanly possible. There was one point I remember we got an inquiry about doing a gig together mm-hmm. that he thought he could do. And then we're like, when it started getting down to it, it turns out he couldn't do it. And I just remember I was so mad because I was like, I'm going to lose this gig now because right. you can it mm. right. and I realized it was my own insecurity that the only reason that I was being hired was because they of him mm-hmm. was not the case right. because yep. they were like oh great we'll just get another tenor yeah <laughs> yeah you but know, like, I was like oh this has nothing to do with you yeah yeah I'm completely projecting all of my insecurities and like whatever crazy nonsense is going on in my own brain is being yeah. projected onto you my own just a moment in your life that, yeah, that you, that you came up towards and you said, you know, that you probably didn't recognize that you were having that feeling at the moment that you're like, you're like, oh, I'm only getting this gig because of our relationship or something along those lines. We all, we all have whatever it is, fill in limiting belief of whatever at the moment and go and go, okay, what, if, like, I didn't realize that I was feeling this way until I'm like angry about the fact that I'm going to lose this gig. And then you're like, well, well, why, you know, <laughs> whatever. And then you, then you have to answer that for yourself and go, Oh, is this true? Is this, is this accurate? Am I, what am I making up about this? What am I projecting in this situation? You know? And I think that's a beautiful thing that you both have navigated together is, is, and even now as you're making different life choices, as you're also, as you're expanding your family and you're saying like, you know, who are we now? What kind of artists are we now? And like, how are we together? And I think that just comes down to you know, being in relationship with each other and saying, I think that being musicians in relationship with each other, it presents different conversations, right? We're always going through all of these things, but I love how you've navigated that together, how open you are about that and sharing that, you know, just with, as people are saying, like, I'm thinking about this is like, is this even possible? Like that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we talked, we talked quite a bit about, um, is the, is actually like living mm. like the actual day-to-day life of living with somebody else that does what you do. Yeah. There's so many good things about it. Cause you can be like, can you listen to this? Like, does this sound like, yeah. <laughs> does it sound like, can I sing it for you? And like, yeah. can you make it better? I, we joked around like with the urban Arias thing that we did. Yeah. Um, is that, you know, what I'm going to say, and cause we were, we, we recorded it in our den essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and He'd be, like, <laughs> I'd be recording my thing and he's like, did you know that you did blah, blah, blah? And I was like, no, whatever. And then Bob Wood, who was conducting, was like, you know, you did that, right? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Brian. <laughs> but uh, we were always, we've always been super honest. And yeah. it, like, especially when we were living together in New York, there would be a, one of us would be away and one of us mm-hmm. would be home. And yep. the person that was home would get used to being alone. home alone. Yep. living by yourself, yeah. doing yeah. your own thing. The other person would come back and I was notorious for this because I don't sit still well, is I would like, as you say, fill, dance fill card. my dance card. Yeah. Be like, oh, I'm going to have lunch with this person and then I'm going to go practice and then I'm going to yoga and then I'm going to, and he was like, but I can I you see home. you? Right. <laughs> and you're home, but I don't get to see you. Cause right. you, yeah. And I, I had to say it. I mean, yeah. I, rather than, and then get resentful about it, you know, um, and we've both done that yeah. too. Like we were both very honest about, um, and it's taken time. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I, I need a day or two to get used to you being home. Right. Yeah. I'm used to being by myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like that open conversation, yeah. like really blunt open conversation. I think it also helped it, it. So much of it is because we 
we're long distance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huge stretches of our yeah. relationship. Yeah. 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 And we had nothing else we could do except talk. Yeah. <laughs> Talking sort of over the phone and, you know, and, okay. and that's also built the trust over the years yeah. too, is that we, we, you know, we had to trust each yeah. other, you know, because your, your other, you know, your significant other is on the other side of the country or on the other side of the world. Yeah. yeah. And you need to know that they're going to do whatever they're going to do, mm-hmm. you know, and you need to trust that they're coming home to you. Right. Yep. You know, you can't live your life uh, fretting that they're, you know, what, you know, why did I hear voices in the background when, when we were on the phone, like right. a restaurant or a party or what, you know, whatever it is, you know, and the, the, we're, we've been really good about that too, of like, tonight's your night. I know you had a performance. I know you're going out with the cast. Have fun. Call me in the morning. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's never like, why would you stay on the phone with me? <laughs> you know? I, I know you got a show, but I need you. you know, like, right. Live your life. Right. You know, celebrate this moment right now. We'll talk tomorrow. Or like we've had, you know, a few days that have gone by like that, where okay. we're like, I, I'm going to be coming home at midnight. The time zones are right. Completely we're we're wrong. eight hours apart, and right. you know, and, and right. we just talk about it and get yeah. through it and talk and you know, figure it out. And like you said, that you're setting up the expectation on the front end that you're like, I deeply trust you. I value what you do. I know you, and right. so I understand that this is the situation. And so the expectation is not, of course, we're going to just randomly be able to talk when the time zones and the like schedules and all of that, but more so what fits, what works right now. And because I value you, I trust you, all of these things, we know that we can make this situation happen. I'll talk to you when, you know, I'll talk to you Tuesday when I can or whatever, you know, like, so that's so important. A very, um, I don't know how to describe it. A wonderful situation with the pandemic is that we've hunkered down together. You know, we've, we've, we feel fortunate that we've been kind of given some time back that we missed mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. the years of being on the road apart. Yeah. Um, you know, and especially going through the, this pregnancy together yeah. during the pandemic is, you know, we don't need to go out and see people. We don't, we're not, um, we're not going to performances. We're, we're not on the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Like I had a lot of work canceled this year. Yeah. 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 It's like, had I been, had we gotten pregnant, Yep. And then I would have been gone for the summer. Yeah. yeah. Like a lot of my pregnancy, I would have been gone. Yeah. And so right. that's something that we, because of the pandemic, we are not going through. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're fortunate to be there every day together. Yeah. So, you know, through yeah. every single moment of this, we're together. And so we're very, very fortunate in that. I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. That's really beautiful. And well, I just wanted to thank both of you for, for this whole conversation for being so open and honest, because I think that's exactly what this is kind of about is having those kinds of conversations and saying, and saying, you know, these are the things that fill up my life. These are the things that I've done. This is what's been meaningful to me. And also this is how I, you know, worked through all of this. And so thank you. Thank you very deeply from the bottom of my heart. And I would love for you to say if there's anywhere where you want people to find you online or, you know, um, or interact with you and uh, you know follow follow their hashtag yeah hit me up on social media i'm at super greek like the country um uh on all like on twitter i mean it's mostly now just retweeting political things <laughs> <laughs> right um, it, it'll go back to being a lot about our cat soon yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, Django, our fluffy, who did not make an appearance. He did not. He may be outside. He may be. Um, um, I'm Tenor Ryan. Um, all one word, but two R's. Tenor <laughs> Ryan. Um, um, I do most of my stuff on um, Instagram, really. Yeah. I, I, I'm on Twitter by the same name. I, I don't use it as often, but I'm still there. Yeah. Um, and our, our, we have a family hashtag, which is the Kilted Olive, or Kilted Olive. Yes. Wait, can um, you guys tell me about that? Because I have to know now. Like, I, yeah, I so, uh, followed you for so long. Scottish, <laughs> yeah, he's of Scottish descent. That's right. That's right. So he's the Kilt, and I'm a full-blooded Greek girl. Yeah. My parents immigrated from Greece, so I'm the Olive. The I'm kilt. not even sure how it, that start, how the kilt it, it was. It was. I think it was for the wedding because we were trying to find like a like Brennifer a, or a, right. Like know, a hash, yes. We did like pool other people's photos. Yeah. Hashtag kilted olive. You will probably see thousands of photos going all the way back to our wedding. Yeah. Before the wedding. Yeah. Because then, like, our cat is the kilted olive kitty. We have family, kilted olive family, kilted olive marriage, but kilted olive. But then we had uh, our friend Caitlin Mathis does these. The kernels. She's an amazing yeah. method, but she, she does these drawings of the their like popcorn kernels, like oh living everyday life. As okay. they're hilarious. I asked her if she, as a gift for Sharon, if she would make our family crest. Yeah. So, so yeah. I know the people on the podcast, but if anybody is watching the video, um, it oh, is I love this. It's yes. a little okay. olive. So we're going to totally put this, I'm going to put this on online and we'll share this <laughs> when the, like when the episode comes out. So you just come, come on over and, <laughs> and we'll have it up there. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it, but yeah, it's a little olive with, with a pimento on, his head, pimento on his head and, and a little kilt. Yeah. Hold, holding a heart balloon, which I love. Yeah. Oh, this is incredible. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> we refer to uh, the baby as the olive pit. Yeah. Or the pimento. pimento. Because pimento. Yeah. So. It's incredible. Well, I, I love it. We are I love it so end much. of the year. Yes. So big celebrations yes. towards the end of the year when this little Mayor's boy baby. comes out. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. I will definitely just, you know, love up all your photos and all that jazz. It's just, it's such, such a pleasure to know both of you. I know that we don't get to see each other very regularly. Well, really all like hardly ever. So it's like, but getting to have this moment where we can connect through the magic of the internet and all of that. On a beautiful stuff. day. Yeah, today. Yes. I mean, we're very happy today. So happy for many reasons. And <laughs> so thank you. Thank you both so much. And until next time, we always say on, on the podcast, we say uh, stay sparkly inside and out. And I think that's very true of both of you. Hey, so thank you. See, so wasn't that fun? It's always great to have guests. I'm so thankful for Sharon and Ryan coming on over and doing our first Masterclass episode of Studio Class. And thank you all for listening. Until next time, stay sparkly inside and out. Thank you so much for listening to this Masterclass episode on Studio Class. Hey, before you go, do you have a second? Will you take a screenshot of this episode and share it to Instagram with your takeaways? You can tag me there, at Mezzoenen. That's M-E-Z-Z-O. I-H-N-E-N. It makes a huge difference when you share this podcast with your friends. Or even strangers, really. So, with that in mind, I hope you'll rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.